This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's talk a little NBA action. Let's get into some hoops with Sam Quinn. I don't know if he's a Samuel or not. I don't know him well enough to call him Samuel. I don't know. We'll ask him. Sam Quinn, very, very talented NBA writer at CBS Sports, cbsports.com. You should 100% read his work, follow him on Twitter and all the various social media spots that I abhor with my very being, even though I shouldn't. The way to do that is Sam Quinn, CBS, on the old Twitter machine. Mr. Quinn, are you? What, what's the birth certificate, Sam? Are you Samuel? Are you Sam? Are you something else? It's Samuel, and the funny thing is, I used to go by Samuel professionally because, you know, I wanted to look like an adult, you know, put Samuel out there into the world. But the problem is, I would come on radio shows like this, and I'd have to explain to every producer, are you Samuel or are you Sam? And I would have to, like, go, go through the motions of every time being like, no, no, call me Sam. So thank you for actually asking. I appreciate that. I, I, find... get, I used to get kind of uncomfortable with it where people would just call me Samuel. Only my mother calls me Samuel. Yeah, because then you're in, that's when you're in trouble. I um, The only person that calls me Billy is my mom, my neighbor, and Tim Bontemps. And I don't know why Timmy's calling me Billy all the time, but he's just very, very casual. I find Samuel hard to say. Is that weird? I just find it like, because then I, I get a little, my producer's looking at me. Like, is it UL? It's, I don't know, Sam. Anyway. No, I, I completely agree. My you know? mom gave me the name because she thought I would sound presidential. I'm going to go ahead and guess at this point that there isn't really a political future for me, so I think we can stick with Sam. It is presidential, though. Sam Quinn uh, here on here on the show. Um, Sam, let me ask you this question. I actually have a vote for this thing, so it, 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 it's early. But if you were voting for the MVP and and the season were, were, were coming to a conclusion, where would you go? Like, who who are the guys? that would command your attention and maybe your vote if, if we did a little early in, in the process? This is going to sound a little lazy, but something I've been thinking for the last couple of days is the fact that there's no really obvious candidate, right? There's no standout team. There's no single player who, at least statistically, is far, far above the rest of the group that you have to vote for him. So there's a part of me that thinks right now, I kind of want to just default to the best player and say that it's Giannis. Now, we're 27 games in, 28 games in. We're, you know, roughly a third of the way into the season. I think that's going to change. I think someone's going to run away with it. Like, lately, Jokic has been the guy that statistically is starting to really separate from the pack. Early in the season, it was Luka and it was Curry. But if we get to, say, March, April, and there's no one team with a record that's far above the rest of the league, nobody statistically that's above the rest of the league, I think my default answer kind of just has to be Giannis. Now, the free throws haven't been as good this year. He hasn't been quite as efficient. But remember, he's got the Bucks with the best record in the NBA with all the injuries they've had. You know, Chris Middleton missed a bunch of time early. Drew Holiday's missed time. You know, that team has, like, quietly overcome quite a bit to get to where they are. 
So I'm sort of at the point right now where I'd say Ty goes to Giannis, but we're a third of the way into the season, and there are like nine viable candidates. So by all means, to anybody out there who wants to win MVP, please impress me. I am ready to be swayed. Sam Quinn uh, here on here on the show. Sam, you've spent a lot of time writing excellently and tweeting often about the Lakers, the draft picks they will or won't trade, how you construct this team. Now, things are a little more complicated with Anthony Davis being injured, which to me is the least surprising thing on the face of the literally on the face of the earth. But given the current situation, how would you, if you had the power to do so or that you had the power to recommend to Rob Polinka that he do so, how would you approach this this Lakers team between now and the trade deadline? Yeah, I was very much in the camp before the season, just make the Indiana trade, right? I really don't think, I think, I'm not going to say the worst thing they could do, but it seems like what they want to do is wait for a star, whether it's DeMar DeRozan or Bradley Beal or somebody of that ilk. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, guys, are you watching this team? You don't need another star. LeBron and Davis have more than made up the star like the star quota you're good on that front you need defense and you need shooting so if there's any chance the indiana trade is still on the table that's the trade that i want to make otherwise you know the real important thing for me now is look at the game where davis got hurt it's against denver on friday well three days before they play the celtics anthony davis plays the last 29 minutes of that game in a row with no rest that tells me all you need to know right That tells me that Davis and LeBron are getting overworked when they're on the floor. I don't know if that contributed to Davis's injury. I mean, I'm inclined to think that it might have a little bit, but I'm not a doctor. I can't say for sure. So first order of business for me right now, you have these expiring contracts in Beverly and Kendrick Nunn. It's like $18 You can get a guy $20, $21 for that. Go out, get some extra bodies so that you're not in a position where Davis and LeBron have to play 40 minutes for you to be in contention with. You know, not even the best teams in the NBA, but just on a night-to-night basis to stay afloat, right? So, look, the Indiana trade is the trade that I would make if it's still on the table. I don't know that it is right now. But the worst thing I think they can do is have this attitude, we've got to trade for a star. No, star's not what you need. You need shooting and defense. Go find that wherever it presents itself. Sam Quinn crushing it here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bill Ryder. All right, Sam, here's one of these you-have-to-choose questions that Howard Beck hates so much. We actually have a drop for when because Howard gets so frustrated. But I'm going to ask you because I think they're funny. I think they're interesting. This one's not as crazy as the stuff I throw at Howard because it really annoys Howard. If you had to choose one of the two following teams to make it out of the West for every dollar on the face of the earth that you have, would you go with the Grizzlies or would you go with the Pelicans? I would go with the Grizzlies, but I don't feel great about it. It's, it's a 51-49 split for me right now, right? The issue I have with the Pelicans is that so many of their lineups tend to be tend to veer more in the more offensive oriented or the more defensively oriented. Where I think the Grizzlies have struck a better balance, right? I think in the playoffs we kind of see Jonas Valanciunas kind of hard to defend with him because he's just not all that mobile. Herb Jones teams just aren't going to defend him from deep with the way that he's shooting. Whereas you look at the Grizzlies, I mean John Morant's not a good defender. I'm not going to pretend that he is. Other than that, once they take Steven Adams out of the rotation, which they did last year and didn't really miss a beat, pretty much everybody both shoots and defends now that you know Kyle Anderson's gone. He was the shooting liability last year. The one issue that I have with the Grizzlies, they rank 20th in half-court offense so far this season. Now, Desmond Bain has missed so much time and Jaron Jackson missed time early in the season. 
I'm inclined to think that they're better than that. You got to be like 12th, 11th, 10th, something like that to really win the West. You know, transition offense obviously kind of grinds to a halt in the playoffs. John Morant might be the exception to that. And against the Warriors last year, before he got hurt, he clearly seemed to be. But you got to be able to score in the half court. 20th scares me a little bit. But I just look at that roster and say, I think it's a little better position for the playoffs than New Orleans where you have so many guys that are kind of specialists on one side or the other. But the truth is they might be the two best teams in the West. Like, you could tell me that either one of them won the West, and I'd buy it. Sam, I'm a, I'm a Jalen Brunson skeptic as it relates to him having a high level of excellence. And, and I've said that several times, and I said on a video, I don't know, six months ago, and very reasonable Knicks fans have found that, and just we've had a really polite uh, Twitter discourse, which has been really nice. Um, but but, but it's, it's open for debate. I, I'm curious your view on Jalen Brunson and really this Knicks team. I think it's fool's goal, but I could certainly be wrong, as they're on a winning streak that, that has folks in New York pretty, pretty excited. I don't want to go quite as far as fool's gold, but I think I generally agree with your sentiment, right? I think that Jalen Brunson, I mean, we saw this in Dallas last year. You got a couple of games where he's going all out and he's your number one guy. It worked fine for them in the playoffs. Can he sustain that for a whole season? He's been very good so far this year. But when you get to the playoffs, the size deficiency is going to be a problem. He's small. He's not super athletic. He's a guy who really relies on craft as opposed to athleticism, you know, pure shooting, things like that, and size, frankly. I mean, we see this every year. What scores late in the playoffs is big wings. So I'm a little bit with – in fact, more than a little bit, I'm mostly with you. I'll say this. The Knicks aren't really the most ambitious team in the NBA, at least in the short term, right? They're not thinking we got to win the championship this year. They're thinking if we win 46 games and the next Donovan Mitchell says – hey, that Brunson guy's pretty good. I want to play with him. You know, if somebody says, hey, he was a pretty good second banana Luca, he could be a pretty good second banana to me. That, I think, is the goal for the Knicks. And right now, I think he's meeting that criteria. As long as we don't get to a place where the Knicks got two years ago, where Julius Randle was the toast of the town, and they were thinking, sure, let's give him the four-year extension. Let's make him the face of the franchise. As long as that's not crossing into his mind, as long as there aren't any expectations, that that guy is going to be lifting a Finals MVP trophy, I think they're okay. But I'm ultimately with you. Look, this is a 500 or so team that's going through the ebbs and flows of a 500 season, right? An average team is going to win six or seven games in a row at some point. Ultimately, I don't think it means all that much. Well, I think you've hit on, talking to Sam Quinn here on the show, I think you've hit on something that's a deeper reality for, for the Knicks, at least for me. The question, at least for me, isn't whether or not Jalen Brunson's going to be extraordinary or not. He's not going to be extraordinary. He's probably going to be fine. I think the question is, does Leon Rose know what he's doing? And can he, because we have not seen people do this in New York in a, in a generation, put together a plan on a medium or long term that is successful? Leon Rose, those of you listening don't know, former CAA basketball agent guru. Now, I think he's actually the president. The president of basketball operations. I believe he's the president of basketball operations of the Knicks. And I'll ask you this question. Do you, and it's hard to know, Sam, I know, because Leon went from a guy people like you and I called or tried to talk to to someone who now runs a team. It's a different job, and we've seen people have lots of success transitioning from being an agent to being the head of a basketball ops organization, you know, part of a team. It doesn't always work. What is your confidence level over, let's call it a three-year timeline, 
that the Knicks can get themselves to a truly competently competitive place in the Eastern Conference? I'm pretty skeptical, and here's why. I understand in a vacuum why they were hesitant to make the Donovan Mitchell trade. If you think that's too much straight form, I disagree, but I get where you're coming from. For so long, the Knicks were throwing picks around like they were candy. I get it. You want to be prudent. You want to make sure you have the assets to trade for two guys. There's logic there. It might not be logic I agree with, but there's logic there. Here's the problem that I kind of run into. Sooner or later, the funder are going to look around and say, we've got 15 first-round picks. Let's trade for a star. The Rockets are going to sit around and say, we've got 15 first-round picks. Let's trade for a star. I know that we think of this as they're these tanking teams that are slowly rebuilding through the draft. That's not going to last forever, right? Look at how well Shea Gildas Alexander's playing. You know, the Rockets guys as a team, maybe not great, but you're seeing flashes out of Jalen Green. You're seeing flashes out of Kevin Porter. Those teams aren't going to sit around forever. And if we just purely look at the asset bases from some of those teams, they have a lot more to give than the Knicks. Now, the way the NBA tends to work is some guy says, I will go to the Knicks and only the Knicks, trade me to the Knicks. If that's what happens, okay, then the Knicks might get their guy. But that's not what happened with Donovan Mitchell, and that's not what happened for a long, long time. If the Knicks have to get into a bidding war with somebody, I'm not convinced that they can outbid Oklahoma City or Houston or you know, maybe Utah, if Utah wants to get into it, they've got a million picks now, too. If you're playing the star game, I think it's really dangerous to pass up a sure thing. They had a chance to get Donovan Mitchell for, look, whether it's a fair price or not, it was clearly a price that the Cavs were happy to pay, and the Cavs do not regret it one bit right now. I don't know if that opportunity is going to come around for the Knicks anytime soon, right? Because the next Donovan Mitchell... You're not going to be bidding against Cleveland. You're going to be bidding against Oklahoma City. I'm with you, and I'll add this to, to the to – the, now, we don't get to vote for this, but executives do. I think Kobe Altman might be executive of the year right now. He's certainly in the conversation, and I don't mind overspending in the right situation. Uh, Sam Quinn here on the show. Sam, let me ask you one last one on the way out. Last year, that Boston Celtics team that made that impressive run of the finals was pretty average at, at the new year, and they figured it out a little bit late. A couple years before that – not the same depth in terms of playoff run, but the Atlanta Hawks fired their head coach and after the All-Star game really got hot and made that run, if I'm remembering right, to the Eastern Conference Finals after they beat, I guess it was Philly. Is there a team right now underperforming or underrated that you think is capable of having that kind of a turnaround between now and the postseason? Is it cheating to say the Warriors? I think it now is. So I was going to say, I mean, I'm, I mean, I think the, you can say it, but yeah, if you have another one, I'd love to hear it. It okay, might be so I'll just, my quick explanation on the Warriors. Their starting lineup, for all of the strife that team has gone through, their starting lineup has outscored opponents by 132 points in 278 minutes. That's 50 points better than any five-man lineup in basketball. There are a lot of problems on that team. Starting lineup ain't one of them. Now, if you want to go down a little bit, I do sort of wonder, Pat Riley ever going to get a little antsy here? Because the Heat are in this weird position where they're like, they've been around 500 all year. They were one win from the, really one shot from the finals last year. I'm a little confused as to how they didn't end up with Donovan Mitchell because they had three first-round picks to trade last year, too, and their first-round picks, I think, were a little more valuable than Cleveland's, I mean, just given the age of the roster. I think if there's going to be a surprise contender, I think it's going to be something like random player X becomes available 
Pat Riley throws everything into the middle of the pot, and suddenly the Heat are there again. It might be Bradley Beal. It might be DeMar DeRozan. All these guys that we're talking about for the Lakers, I think the Heat are going to be quietly watching as well. So among the middle-class teams, and I know it's not you know super exciting to say, well, the defending champion and the team that lost the Eastern Conference Finals last year are the teams that are going to jump up. But just look at the standings this year, right? Like everybody's within four or five games of everybody else. There isn't really a middle class. What we're really looking for is who's going to get hot in the last 20 or 30 games and really separate themselves when the playoffs begin? Because nobody's done it so far. Sam Quinn, as you have heard over the last 10, 12 minutes, such a talented NBA mind, analyst, writer. Follow him on Twitter at Sam Quinn CBS. And Knicks fans, be nice. I know you have it in you. You can do it. Take a deep breath. Follow Sam on uh, on Twitter. Uh, Mr. Quinn, as always, pal, love reading your work. Love having you on the show. Thanks for uh, thanks for making some time, buddy. Bill, you are too kind. Uh, thank you, and look forward to coming back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 